Hello, friends and brothers. This is Justin Jones with Sonic Improvement. Uh, we are joined with a special guest this evening, uh, Rat Worshall. Did we decide it was Rat Worshall? Rat Worshall. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Rat Worshall. If, if titles matter, then that would be correct. Uh, I beg your pardon? I just said if titles were all that important, it, that would be correct. But everybody le meets on the level. So that's all that matters. I understand. That's I understand. true. That's true. That's true. But we do. You know, I, I have a I have a presentation that I give about aprons and we do need to, to give a certain bit of respect to anyone who travels a certain path because, you know, that means that they're more of an expert at certain things than other people are. So you would have more experience in, in all the seats that you've been in as opposed to just the senior deacon of a lodge or a worshipful master. So sure. absolutely you deserve that title. And uh, I'll call you right worshipful all day long. Brothers, <sighs> this is this is right worshipful Lucas Minton from Arkansas. Well, from Little Rock, Arkansas. I want I, I was almost about to say Arkansas, Texas. I'm so used to saying Texas behind everything that I almost <laughs> that was so bad. You know, if, if you can't be in Texas, at least you can be in Arkansas. There we go. Boy, I see. And I'm happy. But Texas, we, so. you know, I knew that there was something that that just clicked with us. I I get it. I get it. <coughs> so, right, worshipful. We had asked um, before, and I would like to ask again for our for our viewing uh, audience, what what are the are the titles for the for the uh for the grand positions the grand line and and well in any of your positions going up out of the, the lodge well in arkansas uh you you're technically once you're once you're a past master you're worshipful and i think that's pretty pretty common um once you if you become a, a district deputy or if you are in a, the grand line which in Arkansas is a little different than Texas because um, our grand line consists of junior deacon all the way through grand master. So you actually run for junior deacon and theoretically run all the way up the line. Uh, but all those guys are right worshipful. Um, our grand lecturer is a right worshipful, but the grand lecturers or de deputy, yeah, deputy grand lecturers, they are all worshipfuls and then the past grandmaster as well as the current grandmaster are most worshipfuls ah nice and let me at, let me ask you this for for our viewing audience um is the grand lecturer the same as what we would have as a uh, committee on work member or or a uh, or is that more of like an orator position it would be exactly what you said um so we used to have a board of custodians um, and then the grand lecture was kind of the, the president or the chairman of the board. And okay. um, we did away with that back in 2009, uh, the grand master at that time, he did away with that. And then it got reintroduced in 2017 as the deputy board of deputy lecturers. And okay. um, so in Arkansas, we have, there is no cipher. Um, so those guys will get together 
and they'll discuss, okay, I've got it this way. Oh, you've got it that way. And then they said, you'll take a vote about who's right. Now that's, that's real good in some ways, but it does, um, it does give you the opportunity to have some ritual drift over, uh, over time. Um, but the, the committee on work here is actually the, uh, all of the elected um, officers from the grandmaster down to the, the junior deacon, uh, grand treasurer, grand secretary. And that's the wow. committee on work that we have because they are the day-to-day work. Or day-to-day oh, okay. Work. Yes, I, I get it. So it's a little, so whereas we would call them the trustees because they do the, the day-to-day operations, um, your committee on work is, is actual work, not, not, the, not the ritual. So it's right. very, very interesting. Very interesting. Now, you're also a member of the Scottish Rite, and uh, I got to tell you, man, I, I really am jealous of where you get to the Scottish Rite. I mean, I love everybody knows how much I love San Antonio. But to be able to do Scottish Rite in Little Rock, Arkansas, where the king of Scottish Rite was... And, and, oh my goodness, I couldn't imagine. Do you ever set, do you ever just sit back and, and, and walk the halls and, and think I'm walking exactly where, um, the most developed, um, ritualist in, in the U S at the time walked? Do you ever do you ever sit back in awe thinking that kind of thing? You know, there, there's there's a joke. You know, in Arkansas, we don't have a whole lot to be proud of, but what we do have to be proud of, we're very proud of, and uh, and the Scotch Rite is one of those things. Um, you know, we had we had Pike. Obviously, um, he went to South Arkansas. He sat in a cabin and he wrote and he wrote and he wrote. And he reformatted um, the, the ritual as he received it. Um, he just did tremendous things. And, um, and and this is not an exact quote, but you'll you'll understand the spirit of, of it. Um, when he uh, when he came to Arkansas, uh, there wasn't a Scotch right to speak of. And I, th- I think the the word the closest I can get to the exact words where he he conferred the Scottish Rite degrees on the three brightest minds in Arkansas or four brightest minds in Arkansas before he left for Washington, D.C. Very nice. Very nice. And it's just, uh, and, and, it, and, you know, there was a lot of time and Scottish Rite history is really interesting. Um, but there was a lot of time just like, I mean, nationwide where it was kind of, kind of down low, kind of dormant. Um, <clears throat> and it was the same way in Arkansas until, uh, our SGIG, um, uh, Charles Rosenbaum, and he, who also, while he's SGIG, became a, a grandmaster, which is kind of wild. Uh, but anyway, until, until him, and then he, he had this vision of doing the work in dramatic form, of having a freestanding building, then of having a purpose-built building. And, um, and he just, he took that vision, and I mean, and he pretty much, he sold it to the whole Southern jurisdiction. He, he took that and he just sold that. Th- he said, we could be 
more than anyone ever imagined if we just will look around us and we will we'll use the tools we have. Wow. So it, it's a pretty humbling experience being here. Yes, wow. that's 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 inspirational leadership right there. It, at its finest. You know, having having somebody with a vision and uh, not being afraid to take that vision and across jurisdictional lines and and well within the Scottish Rite it's not across, but but you know what I'm saying. You yeah, absolutely. It's grand it's jurisdictional lines and you know it's well that ain't how I always did it. And so you've got a lot of that that you're fighting against and and and, a lot of and yes, I could just imagine at that time, you know, because man, it, I mean, it there was, were no roads. He was right. I mean the, in the list of things he did, it was the the first, and I'm going to assume it wasn't the first ever, but first time in Arkansas that there had been a, a master's degree done in dramatic form. Well, I mean, wow. it's just it, it pretty really, unbelievable. It blows me away. You know, Dennis mentioned that's not how the way we've always done it. It blows me away that one man could sit down and rewrite all the rituals for a Masonic appendant body. And I think of it like, I love your cry, but it's not perfect, right? So I think if someone's to sit down and rewrite all the rituals for York right, they probably get chased out of Texas with, with pitchforks and torches. And so I can't imagine anybody having having the uh, capability of sitting down and, and doing that and just, just like, hey, we're going to do it this way from now on. You're welcome. And just and just leaving the state. But uh, right. I, and I mean, he, he sold it. Like he sold it the whole jurisdiction. He's like, hey, this is better. What I did is better than what y'all had. And they're, oh, okay. Yeah. That's nice. Well, and that just goes to show, to to some degree, back then brothers were more open to the change, right? They they were open to, um, to, to a um, oh my goodness, I I don't have the words right adapting, now. Adapting, adapting to the, to the times, or maybe I I think that they were more more open to, um. The philosophical um the the philosophical dang it i understand the spirit of what you're saying dennis uh, you know i i golly i just had a complete brain yeah. fart i apologize yeah but they they were more open to uh to to express themselves philosophically than than we are today. Today we get so hung up on the exact words of what something says that we can't enjoy the body of of the of the message being given. Yeah. And and that's a shame. We should never get to that point. We to that point. Yeah. We should always think about the uh, the experience that the brothers having. You know. That, there's nothing worse that in fact that made Justin and I come up with the idea of shut up past master because you've always got that past master that wants to correct everybody in in a degree and all it does is ruin the degree for the guy that's that's having it done right so <laughs> so I hats off to to yeah. to Arkansas for for getting it right you yeah. know if it wasn't for you guys we may not have the ritual we had you know and I actually, and I actually love it. I told Dennis to shut up past master and he thought it was a great idea. So he put it on a shirt, but, uh, <laughs> I, I ended up putting level up. Master, so oh, that that was sale. So Can I buy trouble. those? I could give those away. <laughs> people I know. Right. 
We Masonic improvement on the front, shut up past master on the back, or, or vice versa. <laughs> <if you find. laughs> right, right. I'll I'll give you one or two when they come down in in uh, September. Let's so, uh. So, go ahead. Did you have some? Uh, unless no, you have somewhere specifically you wanted to drive it, I wanted to ask a little bit about Arkansas Freemasonry. Uh, just kind of what trends you're seeing right now as far as as far as membership numbers and 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 general the general mentality or the general approach of freemasonry in arkansas is it is it more uh service-based or is it educational what's the what's the and, and being in the grand line kinda, you don't have to you don't yeah. have to get too deep into it just you know yeah just, you don't uh, have to you don't have to don't put your head on anything. a block for us yeah, yeah. <laughs> well so I mean, so uh, it was really funny when I when I was getting uh, installed as senior deacon this last month. Uh, it, it hit home with me that day. That was the twentieth anniversary of me getting. That raised. would be that would be grand senior, sir. Yes, grand senior deacon. <laughs> so I'm trying to shorthand it. I'm sorry. So when I was <laughs> no, getting installed as right work uh, of the grand as grand senior deacon in the most worship grand lodge of Arkansas Free and Accepted Masons. Uh, pre-accepted Mason Arkansas. There we go. Anyway, when I was getting installed, it, it occurred to me I'd been in 20 years uh, as a master Mason that day, and so wow. I, I was kind of thinking back. And um, I come from I'm, I'm a fourth generation at my lodge, and so I've I've kind of seen this ebb and the flow of of the membership there. <clears throat> seen some pretty thin times. Um. What's really interesting, uh, judging my lodge against some other lodges, is the way that the guys kind of look at the, the thin times. They look at it as it is what it is. This is the hand we're dealt. And, you know, if we do, if we continue to work and in, 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 labor and we do well, um, you know, things will eventually will hit that next flow. But in the meantime, we're just going to have to tighten our belts if it's a money problem if it's a membership problem we're just we're all going to have to work harder we'll have to go back to the line and and i want to tell you um and i'm not saying my, my home lodge is mount pleasant lodge number 99 and it's not in mount pleasant texas might i add but it's in ward arkansas but uh uh i'll say this this is one thing that's really interesting and i found out sometimes you don't find out until things until you travel a whole lot and, and i found out that, that very few lodges are like my lodge and there are many, many lodges, and you guys have, have hit on this before. And, and um, I think I, I think I saw it on a, oh gosh, it was a, a Masonic cartoon even. Uh, but you know, a guy no more gets raised, and they're trying to put him, put him in as a principal officer and get him to the east. Mm -hmm. And that is shortchanging someone's experience so bad. And so, like I said, I didn't know this was really peculiar to my lodge, but every man that comes in there starts at the door, you know, it's junior deacon. And, and the only exception I could tell you about that was we served one guy senior deacon because he was a past master from another lodge that he moved and he affiliated. Mm -hmm. But if it's a new guy, he's going to start the door and he's going to go all the way through. And we're going to recycle our own guys until he has went through there and he, he's able to be master. And we had a lodge that merged with us back in 2019 
And my, my cousin was actually the last or next to last match in that lodge. He, he got raised in 2012. He was master in 2014, not May of 2012. So he hadn't, he hadn't been in a full 18 months hardly. Right. And he was already in his, and then he was master for four years. It, don't tell me that doesn't burn wow. someone out. No, oh, absolutely. Right. Yes. And so and what, that's one thing. And what's sad is he probably had to, he probably had to learn the ropes by being master those four mm -hmm. years instead of actually just working his way up like he should. Go ahead. I apologize for, for interrupting. You're exactly right. Though. That's exactly how it went down. And, um, and uh, I mean, he is, he, he was burned out. He became treasurer. And then uh, another year and a half later, they merged with us and he's come to lodge once or twice. But I mean, I, I, I don't know if I blame him. It's, it's tough when your lodge closes as it is, but I mean, it makes it even tougher when you're just mentally and physically exhausted and your only, your only interactions with Freemasonry are all, I won't say bad, but they're tense. If it's, and you're just like, I just don't want to put myself back in that situation. Well, and so that's one yeah. thing I've seen. How many, how many lodges do you guys have now? Do you remember off the top of your head? Y'all got a thousand still? or uh, you... uh, we, we have just over. Yes. Yeah, sounds about we, right. I, th I think it's like 1,100 and some odd lodges right oh, now. Oh, I was thinking that's what I heard when I was down there. I, I couldn't remember this. So we, we've got... Um, We've got we've got uh, right under uh, right under two hundred now. So I mean we have uh, our high water mark I think was seven eighty five I think that's right. Wow. Um, so wow. we we have really we have really shrunk down, um, and I, it's going to continue. You've got a bunch of lodges, and and I mean this is this is obviously a, its own topic and its own discussion. You have a lot of lodges that still don't charge enough for membership. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they just, they're just destitute. Uh, right. And they, so they can't do themselves any good. They can't do the community good. And then if we're being honest, you know, members want to get something out of it, something, whether it's brotherhood or something, they're right. not going to get anything out of it. Um, so that, that's going to continue to, we're going to continue to see that trajectory in, in Arkansas, I feel like probably another five, six years. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we drop down to close up to 150 before it's all said and done, before we see things kind of turn back around. Yeah. Right. Right. But those, yes, those, those 150 are going to be refined lodges. That's the thing yes. is there going to be lodges with assets and there going to be lodges with pretty healthy rosters. Yeah. Yes. And, and not only that, but a pretty healthy attitude because once you get down to a certain point, you know, it's, it's fight or flight. And that's right. And, and the sad thing is, is most of these lodges get themselves past the point to where they can't even fight. So they have to merge with, with one or demise. And, and mm -hmm. so at that point, at 150, you're going to be, you're going to have assets. You'll have the membership you need for the quality of, 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 uh, of, of all the things that it takes in Freemasonry, your philanthropy, your, your philosophy, your, your ritual, your fellowship. You'll have all the things it takes for, for good Freemasonry in bulk because you'll have more members together to be able to support each other in that. So you're going to be in the perfect position. I, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of wish that we were closer to that in Texas. And now 
we we would never be down to 150 because we would be all in one no, city. You but, period, yeah. <laughs> right. So we have more area to, to cover, but to some degree, it seems like we could thin out the herd, you know, with, uh, with our, our liabilities, which is the buildings. You know, yeah. we've got so many of these metal buildings all over out in the country where nobody can see them. And what's the use? Why not move them all in, into town with a nice temple or, or cathedral to, to be in, you know, we, we call our Scottish rite the cathedral and you mm -hmm. know, our lodges are temples. So um, I didn't know if it was different over there, but move them all into these beautiful assets that we have that are worth holding on to get rid of the, the shape and, you know, get back to some, some good Freemasonry, you know, get, get more assets in, in people together. You yeah. know, that's golly. Rob Warshall, you were talking about that that past master from the lodge that merged, and I'm seeing something very similar in one of my lodges right now. Uh, the brother's been a pat, the brother's been a master mason for like two years, and he's already a worship master, and he's experiencing a lot of frustration. Just be, and and I I've I've always been kind of opposed to a progressive line because. Uh, what a lot of lodges will do is they'll put someone in, in a deacon or steward position and it's just, it's just a place to forget. Like in a few years, you'll be a worship master, you know, but if you're intentional and don't promote they forget them, like that it's a, talking it's a voting about, process. Yeah. And, to, and don't promote them until they're ready, move them up that way when they're, when they're actually making progress. Uh, like you're suggesting that that's so much healthier, but when you have a new master Mason, you put them in a warden position and throw them in the East. It, they don't really have time to develop in Freemasonry, right? And yeah. and it's 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 one thing to be a good leader, right? That, that's that's really important. But it, if even if you're a good leader, but you don't really understand Freemasonry, it's it's not a good fit at that time. Um, it, it takes time to really understand the organization, what we're about, and you can't learn that in like one or two years. Uh, that's the benefit of the progressive line, also is. Is first of all, you develop a, a type of pride in your building after being a deacon and and going through those things because you you clean and you 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 greet people when they come in and things like that. So you develop a kind of pride in your building and in your lodge itself. But uh, just the time it takes, the the lessons that are slowly imparted over that time, so that by the time you are in the East, you really developed as a Freemason. You really you really understand what, what we're about, what your particular lodge is about, the direction is trying to go, as opposed to just throwing someone in there because they're a warm body. That's, mm -hmm. uh, we get excited because it's a new guy, right? It's a new guy, we put him in a leadership position, we're tired of recycling ourselves, but really all you're doing is shooting yourselves in the foot. Absolutely. And, and it's unfair to him. And, and there's a lot of guys that come in who bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and they're like, no, I really would like to be master. It's like, yeah, I know you think you would. But right. you, you really you really don't yet. You need to enjoy the ride. And when it happens, it happens. And I mean that that's easy for me to say because I was I was mastered exactly 30 years after my dad in 2014. And actually, I'd have I'd been raised for almost eleven years when I became master because in our wow. lodge, it was one of those things we we elect our deacons and and, and Every lodge gets the option. They can appoint them or they can elect them. And for, we've always elected them. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, that we had a, we had kind of some, 
some characters that weren't big fans of of uh, of my family. We'll just we'll be, we'll just kind of put it like that. And they said uh, they just didn't think I needed uh, they didn't think I needed to be in the line, and so they just pretty much locked me out of the line. And I really was I was pretty upset about that. And uh, one of my mentors, he's our secretary now. He's one of the prickliest guys you'll ever meet. But I mean, most most secretaries are. I mean, I think we. Can I know agree. a secretary like. <laughs> so you know uh he told me he's like man you just he said it's gonna be all right you just need to hold on it'll all it'll all come out in the wash but so i mean i know it's easy for me to say because i was national 14 and then 19 and 20 i was recycled um they kept me in the east again in 20 because they said uh they said we we're really in a good place if you will stay here one more year you'll you're you'll be done i was like okay i'll be done and so i did um but uh, those those guys who came up under me, in fact, the first one right now, um, he's the first one in, in gosh, dog, since 20, 2015 that is, a, that is a new master. Okay, everybody nice. else was recycled. But, but we just, like I said, the lodge kind of banded together and everybody said, you know, well, this is the way we have to do this. To be to do the right thing for the new guys. This is the right thing to do, and no, none of us wanted to do it. No one wants to be the person who gets every call from every whack job who said we had someone put a, a deal on a, the the lodge door three weeks ago. Said I would like to challenge the grandmaster of this lodge for membership. It's like <laughs> what? What? <laughs> it's like what? What, what? Have you been watching National Treasure? I mean, what are you? Right. Doing? Right. Do you, so, I mean, do you no have dueling pistols or what? It's like a Japanese yeah, dojo, I mean, you beat up the master and take it over. That's exactly right. <laughs> that is so funny. That is I so mean, so no one wants to be that guy forever. But, uh, you know, that was the right, that's the right call as you're trying to bring up leaders in, in your lodge. And, and long term, that's how you build that strong lodge. But it's just, you know, doing the right thing is never is never easy and it's rarely ever fun. Right. Strong lodges are not built by easy decisions. Right. You you touched on two things that, well, we've already discussed one and that's the progressive line and doing it correct and recycling old, old masters or whatever until the new guy has his time in each, each seat. But uh, the other thing that, that I, I took notice of and I strongly agree with, is that if a master does well in a year, why not hold him over? Why not let him, you know, keep keep his momentum and keep working on the things that he's been working on and everybody contribute to, to the success of the lodge and just take a minute. Not not worry about if you're, you know, thinking that your lodge isn't healthy if you don't have a master, a new master in every year that your lodge isn't healthy. That's a that's a hogwash, you know. That's just a load of that's a dirty diaper there. Because realistically, I think that we would probably do better if a master was in the seat for two years instead of one. Because the first year, you know, we like to think that we plan, but herding cats is a lot different than planning. Right. So, so that year you're just figuring out the dynamics. I mean, I tell people when we were in, in officer leadership and training and, and teaching people, 
we would tell people, you know, you should be planning from your senior deacon year up to master and start learning the dynamics of the lodge, who the shakers and movers are, blah, 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 blah. But that generally doesn't happen. You're usually so caught up in, in trying to do your part right that you forget about the future. So that first year, you're just learning how to accept information from some people and just let information be from other people and, you know, how yeah. you work within that dynamic to get things done. Yeah. So I have absolutely no issue with somebody staying over two years once or even you, three years if they need to. Once you if get the lodge the hang, needs it. Once you get the hang of Orshel Master, your year's done, generally. Like it with, right. the, with the one-year terms, right around the time you're figuring out, kind of getting into the groove, understanding, hey, this isn't so bad after all. Well, guess what? It's time for you to be done anyway. And what 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 type of organization? I'm not talking about looking like a corporation. What type of corporation would say, "Hey, uh, the president, vice president, uh, the board, you've all been doing a fantastic job, uh, but it's been a year, so uh, bye. We're gonna flush you out. Yeah. We're gonna flush you out. Who would do that? Time Nobody. For blood. <laughs> Nobody. The stocks would plummet and they they go bankrupt. But we do that at right. the state and local level every year, and we don't have to. We don't have to. Well, and that's a that's a real interesting concept because, um, and I mean, I can I can only speak to my own experience, obviously, but um, here at uh, I'm a member of the Valley of Little Rock, and we had the masters there um, under our previous SGIG. You'd have masters for ten years, maybe longer. Now, there's something good about some consistency, but at some point you turn into some stagnant, yep. you know, mess. Absolutely. And so now our uh, our terms are all two years. And so um, the, the discussion has come back up, especially since it's not a normal lodge. It's, it's a whole different uh, dynamic. <clears throat> you have... You're doing the reunions. You're doing, uh, you know, in, in our case, we have the, and I think it done uh, uh, most most of y'all's uh, uh, y'all's Scottish right cathedrals. Uh, y'all rent y'all's uh, facilities out there too. But you know, we have yes. rentals. We have stuff that goes on with that. And so we've got, you know, there's all these different components to the Scottish right. So now they've kind of looked at was well, two years not quite long enough. Is three maybe the magic number? And so I, that's something that they're looking at. I, I ended up in kind of a wild way becoming a uh, venerable master at the end of last year and um, a year early. So I will somewhat have a, a three-year term. And I think they're kind of looking at that to see how, how bad I can mess up. And if that, I'm not <laughs> out of the program, we'll see. Yeah. But that, that's actually a discussion. Nice. That's actually a discussion that, that, that has been had down in Little Rock is, is – how long is too long, but how long is not long enough? Yeah. Um, right. And I think um, now I'm also the guy, I'm also the guy who says, throw, throw the immediate past master out as quick as you can and get him. We, we, at Ward, we throw him out the door. Like he's the Tyler <laughs> and he's here. Yeah. Like, I agree. And, and when you do that, now there, there is something cathartic about that because you break that power right there. They, 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 they can't hear, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but uh, once again, that's not that's not necessarily the answer for every lodge. Yeah. And um, it's it is a strange phenomenon, though, because 
uh, I'm, a, I'm a Rotarian too. And it's the same for the most part. It's the same deal. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their turn. Everybody's, you know, president, their secretary one year, their treasurer one year, vice, vice president, president elect, whatever you want to call it. One year, one year, one year, one year. Yeah. And so you'll have a great year and then you just fall off a cliff because the guy behind had no idea what he was about to walk into or she was about to walk into. Absolutely. And I'm not convinced there's really a magic number uh, for one, for one person that may be three years for another person that may be five. I I don't, I don't necessarily agree with 10 year terms. I think like you said, there's a point where things get stagnant, even if they, even if they're well liked. They get complacent mm-hmm. after a while, um, but I, I think it's something we should evaluate on a case by case basis. Uh, sure. If we think someone, if they, we think someone's going to be a good leadership and they turn out not to be, maybe one year, one year is all it takes. Yeah. There, uh, there's the door. There's the door. Thanks, right. but it just didn't work out. Uh, but if they're doing a great job and if they're willing to continue serving, yeah, do another year. You play it by ear. Don't say, "Hey, well, we're just going to put you up for five years." I mean, you legally can't do that anyway, but uh, mm. at least not in Texas, but play it by ear. And if, if this year was good and it looks like it's going to continue to be good, well, why, why run them out? I have, I have a question for you. Um, right, Worshipful, do you, do you guys, do y'all have a personal representative in, in your valley? Does each valley have a personal representative or – is it just the SGIG over all the, all the valleys? So one thing that's different about Arkansas, um, first, first a little bit, let me re- got to go backwards to go forwards on this one. Um, with, the, uh, with the SGIG, when he came into office in uh, 2012 as deputy, um, we had just closed out the uh, we had a uh, we had a temple in west memphis <clears throat> that we had um they it was in bad disrepair um and by bad i mean like unhealthy to be in type of disrepair mm. so yeah. we uh we sold off uh the assets from that uh building in, um all that and then moved the valley to jonesboro which is um a little further north, maybe, maybe, maybe not quite further north, but anyway, a little more in from uh, than West Memphis. But uh, we moved the valley there, and then oh, I think that was right, 2012, and then 2013, I think, um, yeah, uh, James Graham, our SGIG, mo- most workful, he's past Graham Master from 2008. Um, he had he had nice. got his. Uh, he became SGIG in 2013. Um, and I mean, pretty much as soon as he turned around after he got back from DC, he got a call that they were going, that they were in bad money position out in the temple in uh, Fort Smith. And um, they, uh, they're essentially, they're like, where do I need a cash infusion? And he's like, by this, this point, he's like, well, there is no cash infusion to be had. So get your, get your house in order. And so um, sold off the temple up there, which was uh, which was completed in 1929. Like it was a really nice temple. Um, and it is now a really great music venue, might I add. Um, but uh, they moved that one to Fayetteville, um, which everybody knows is the home of Arkansas Razorbacks. But I'm not an Arkansas Razorback fan. I'm just going to go on and tell you guys <laughs> that you don't have to hang up on it. 
but uh, but anyway, um, so they moved that valley up there. And so the last temple is also the first temple, and that's Little Rock. And so what happened was um, Dr. Graham and the, the PRs from those all three valleys got together and they put together what we call uh, the Orient concept. And so what that is, is the dues across the state are levelized. Um, all dues are $120 per year. And, um, and then a portion of that dues supports the temple in Little Rock and the Orient. And then you have the SGIG and then underneath him, we have the Orient, uh, 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 Larry Berry is um, his name. He is our uh, uh, personal rep for the Orient. There we go. I'll get it out eventually. Okay. And then he does a lot of the actual boots on the ground management. And then um, right. you have a personal rep for each valley that is, you know, doing their, their piece. And then he is, uh, he's kind of the one who's in touch with them. And then James, uh, the SGIG is, you know, kind of the, is uh, the, the, the top of it all. Yes. So okay. it's, it's, it's a different concept than you'll see a lot of places, but each one has its own personal rep. And then um, uh, I think still, I think everybody's still, this is terrible. I think everybody's still alive, but uh, I think there's a, we've got a personal aid for, to the SGIG in each valley as well. Okay. Okay. The, the reason I had asked is because, you know, as you know, our personal representative in, in our valley, Bradley Kohanke, is now up there with you, which makes me ill every time I think about it. But two of my favorite people are, are there together. So I, you know, that's, that's okay. But um, I, I asked because our, our venerable master, which is, happens to be the other half to my mentorship program, um, it would make sense if they kept him in for a couple of years to, to help out since Brad's not there, because ultimately the venerable master is the head of the lodges mm -hmm. in, in total. So it makes sense that he would be the one uh, to perform most of those functions in, in the, in the absence of a personal representative. So um, in that case, it would definitely make sense to, offer that option up if, if he does a, a good job. And, and of course, anybody in our Valley that says that Chris Williams didn't, you know, working his tail off is just nuts. And, and I'll tell them that to their face. I won't speak bad of another master Mason behind their back. I'll tell them to their face that they're nuts because he's, he's doing an excellent job. And, and of course he's always got the friendship and help of, of Brad if he needs it. But, um, I think that if, if anybody were to do it, he, he would be the one. But I would definitely see the, the purpose, you know, fulfilling itself there, you know, if that were the case. Nice. So I, I believe it. I believe it. Um, another thing that I had thought about earlier was um, you were talking about the, the, the junior past master being thrown out the door basically and put into the Tyler seat. And we've, you know, Justin and I have talked about this before where that's actually the right place for him anyways, because he knows the people who are members of the lodge 
mm-hmm. he knows and he should know how to examine anybody that comes to the you door. would hope so so you would think that that person would be the right person for that job actually <laughs> well i think it imparts the most important lesson of a junior past master which is you got to be able to uh let go of the power you got to be able to disassociate and uh once your year's over you i mean your opinions are still valued your guidance is still valued but it's not meant to be uh, guiding the lodge at that point, if that makes sense. So put them outside the door, give them, give them time to kind of get out of that, get out of that leadership mode, if that makes sense, to, to, to disconnect from, from being in the East. Well, we expect our guys to be out there in the dining room cleaning a little bit. So (laughs) (laughs) even better. Yeah. Give them a little bit of humility. Let them, exactly. let them experience a little bit, a little bit of humility as they walk out the door. That that probably would have worked pretty good with me. I I could have used some of that. Yeah, <laughs> it might yeah. have, but I could have used some of it. Yeah, I could use bit. some of it. Just a little bit. Yeah. Do we want to move on to the? Uh, Let's do it. All right. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh oh, that's scary. <laughs> well, we would like to announce now uh, to uh, the guests that we have listening and. And everybody that is watching that we are currently interviewing at this moment, our next speaker for the Masonic Improvement Building a Better Brotherhood Summit, uh, Rob Virtual Lucas Minton, is going to be coming to Corpus. Dennis kind of hinted at that earlier. He'll be with us on September 16th, uh, delivering a presentation. And I am pumped. It's going to be fantastic. Yes. Tell tell us a, just a... Just give us a little taste on what you plan on talking about. Not not a whole lot. But we don't we, w- we don't want to give up the ship, but yeah, we still got some tickets. A little tape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. talking about the whole time. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> right? <laughs> it should have been awake before. <laughs> no, um, you know, there's it's 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 really tough uh, leadership in general. It's tough. There's, there's all that dichotomy, nature versus nurture. Are leaders born or are they made? You have all this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there, there are different experiences that come into play. Um, and um, w- w- without, without saying too much and alienating anyone, uh, at one point in time, I have been, uh, I've been a, a real politician, a non-Masonic politician. Um, and uh, it, the, I learned a lot. And one of the biggest lessons I learned is that you have to learn how to use every tool that's in your toolbox. Um, and, and some tools, they're nothing but a hammer. And so once you find the nail, like you let it go. And, um, and then some, some are... Uh, you know, it's it's sandpaper, and you, this is about finesse. But none of this stuff works. None of this stuff works if those people don't have some vision and they're not inspired to do something. And so, it, exactly, you know, it, it, it feels like a, a a trope, if you will, to talk about vision or inspiration. But at the end of the day, if the if the leader can't sell their their vision and, and inspire the people to see it then it's all for naught. Yeah. 
And so that that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm really going to talk about is I want to talk about it. And, you know, like I said, uh, we've got a really interesting history in Arkansas that I'll be able to, to kind of speak to. <clears throat> and um, we, uh, we it, it just, and I mean, everybody who's been online knows we, we've got our share of skeletons. I mean, most jurisdictions do. Ours are just extremely visible. But the truth of the matter is, um, we've done we've done a lot of things right, and we've done a lot of things wrong. But it's all out there, and it's all learning experiences. And and through those experiences, I think I think that good leader can put together something that will will inspire the the people that he is leading, the men in this case he's leading. Absolutely, can't wait to hear it. Perfect, That's exciting, perfect. And and you're also bringing a few of your crew down as well so that's going to be fun and you know we we can't wait to to have a hoedown with all you brothers and and uh well we're a little wild i mean y'all y'all might y'all might kind of lock the state up before we get there if you hear how bad (laughs) well you you do know me so you know (laughs) the bars the bar is not real hot it's (laughs) i mean i'm just saying i but I'm stoked. I'm I'm really excited that that other um, other other right worshipfuls are coming as well to 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 visit with us, and we'll be able to have some some. Uh, yeah, he good said he talked to you earlier. He's all excited now. I well, I, I sell the vision, right? That's that's what it's all about, right? But I think you sold it way before I did because he was already excited when he got hold of it. Wait, who did but you talk I, to? Well, there's there's another brother. The, the grand junior deacon is that correct mm-hmm. it's going to be coming down and and uh with his wife and and then there's a couple more that he's talking to as well that are that are interested that they're thinking about it so bring the whole entourage yeah bring the whole he line just, he just may come and take over you know that's <laughs> and that's okay i'll have plenty of scotch for everybody don't worry yeah uh, it's uh you know um there's one thing that I will say uh, Scottish Rite has done real good for me, and that was uh, getting me to travel outside my own state. <clears throat> yes. And that was uh, that started with me uh, me going on a, a trip to uh, Monroe, Louisiana, to help put on the 29th degree down there. Uh, me and then the KSA uh, brothers up here from Little Rock. Yes. Yeah. And... Uh, that was kind of our. Uh, I think I, I think I might have mentioned this uh, uh, before when I was in Texas, but but Monroe is the equivalent of like our our um, one of Little Rock's Little Bro Valleys because our guys went down there and helped start Monroe, and um, and so one of their people from uh, one of their guys actually joined in Little Rock was a member here in Arkansas while he was going to school. Before he went back, um, he was a Mason. He's actually our youngest ever until recently. He's our youngest ever Scottish Rite Mason because he was a he was a Louisiana Mason. Moved up here, decided to do Scottish Rite, and then when he went back home, he uh, he joined the Valley of Monroe, and he's like, you know, you guys need to go with me to Little Rock when they have a reunion. So they came up here, and, and uh, we've got the camp guard. I, I don't, I don't remember if I, I talked about the camp guard. We got the camp guard, and they love that. 
And then they're like, can you guys come down here? We want you guys to put on the 29.3. And, and we want you to do the camp, help us show, do the camp guard thing. But we want to do it here. And it was just, I mean, but I had one of my, one of my other Masonic mentors, he, he actually died back in 2020 and, and not of COVID, just, it, it shows you, he, uh, you work out and you die. He was literally at the gym and he just, but wow. I rode down from here to down there with him. And it was probably one of the best drives I've ever made. Like it was, it was Masonic philosophy and history all the way there and all the way back. And it was, yes. Yes, that is the Great. best time right there is when you have a one or two or even three or four brothers together in a car. Nobody can escape and you have to <laughs> you have to you have to talk to each other and talk it through because you can't, mm -hmm. you can't get mad and look out the window. You got to talk it through. So it, it turns out being a really good discussion anytime you get a few brothers in a car. That's that's for sure. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And on on the same note as. Uh, what you're talking about the ksa in the 29th degree just so that you know our 29th degree master is sitting there with his glasses looking silly right now um uh, he's also the, the secretary i took a jab at earlier this is this is probably one of my one of my uh closest cohorts in in the valley you know we started out we became members together and then uh and then I became the degree master for the 15th. And he kind of being the secretary, the good secretary that he is, he just kind of got it all together for me. And that was just beautiful. And then you said he, he was prickly. I wonder if that was before or after he got to know you. <laughs> that, was, that was after he got to know me. <laughs> but, but he's also now he's the, he's the chief of our KSA and, and, uh, and I'm the no <laughs> cannot deny nor, nor confirm. Um, he is the chief of our KSA, and he was also the degree master for the 29th degree. And um, and then we both. I don't know who's actually the, the degree master for the 16th now. Is it you or me? Because we just decided <laughs> that our team from the 15th was going to take over the 16th or add the 16th as well to this new reunion that we're doing. We're doing a two weekend reunion this this uh this spring, and so I think it's a I think it's a joint effort. Yeah, it's always a joint effort. Yeah, because I I attract everybody who tells me so that's somebody's got to be the inspiration. No somebody's wonder you're struggling to tell people what to do. <laughs> no, because no, he tells them what he's got it all on. You know, if it's not on Excel spreadsheet, it's on a PowerPoint. So yeah. he's got it all down, but. You know, I, I just think it's real exciting to hear you talk about um, about the KSA like that because we are are very um, very involved with the KSA, and and we can't think of any better way for for the Scottish Rite or anybody to really um, get to learn what their leaders are made of than to be servants in the KSA in the Knights of Saint Andrew. That's nice. That's probably Can the I best. One. On that? Yes, please do. I actually had a discussion about this earlier today. Um, we have a we have a we have a really good, really good KSA group, and us past KSA guys. Um, I'm a. They changed my title. I was considered emeritus, and now I'm distinguished. And I told my felt extinguished. Ooh. If you look uh, right there <laughs> by my ears, 
But, uh, you know, some of the best, best Masonic times, best time. I mean, you know, you're not going to compare. Oh, I was with my wife on vacation. You're going to compare that to something you did with, with, with your Lodge Brothers. But some of the best Masonic right. times I've had has been in KSA. Those, they, those, that KSA trip down to Monroe, even though I'd, uh, I was a, an extinguished member by that point. I mean, I was still one of the guys. I still go to the meetings when I can. Um, but what the KSA is superior for it is when, when, when a valley lets it, this, I mean, this is, I, this is the caveat. If the valley mm-hmm. lets it is, it is a wonderful place to train up the, the new leaders. And what was funny is the discussion I had earlier today, we were talking about, uh, talking about honors and there's always the fear, you know, honors is going to gut the KSA honors will gut. The and in, on one level though, it's, 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 it's a good thing because it makes those other guys step up. They're like, if I don't do this, nobody's going to do this. Right. I mean, I got, I mean, I, I was a, I was a three-term KSA secretary. Um, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, and I had kind of half of a term before that, before I was even eligible, but, um, even being secretary, I mean, I, I loved it. I loved it. The, I loved the whole time. Now my wife, we met on Saturdays when, uh, when I was a, a, an emeritus, she's like, you're still going down there. I was like, well, we've got a squire guy. We've got to be down there to squire that those would, guys. Come on. Don't, don't. That would this. be my wife. Yes. That'd be my wife. Didn't you already serve? <laughs> I mean, it would, but I just, I love and loved and love, love the KSA. And it is when it's allowed to function correctly. I mean, you, you really bring out some great leadership. Now that you, you always get a lemon. I mean, nothing is foolproof. And I'll, I'll right. live through what we don't have chiefs. We have preceptors and I live through a bad preceptor. I was his secretary, and it's terrible when you're secretary, and no one asked the actual guy. <laughs> uh, no one asked the guy in charge. Everybody asked the secretary. Now that's terrible, and so I had to live through one of those. But when everything functions correctly, like you truly raise up great leadership, um, and I mean, and that translates too. It's not just it's great leadership. At Scotch, right? It turn, translates. That's great leadership. If there's this person involved in York, right, or in Grotto, or if they're involved at their home lodge, wherever. I I want to hold that thought for one second because I wanted to ask you about the shrine being a a civil group. Uh, uh, well, we'll we'll go there in a second. But I wanted to say first that you know that's something that's so beautiful about our valley is that we really take the the Knights of St. Andrew to heart. And for that very reason, that because we are expected to be the, the, the servant of the, of the right of the Valley, we're, we're expected to be the servant leaders of the Valley. And so with that, not only do we choose who we want to, to be a part based on their previous, um, service and 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 work towards becoming knights of saint andrew but we can also remove them if they're not if if they're not doing their job we can remove them from the ksa and we're not above doing that either because we have a purpose we have a job and if somebody's unable to do it and people have removed themselves also when they found they were too busy to, to do what they needed to do so 
I appreciate that as well. But that's mm, one of the things that, that I think is, is the most beautiful about that part of the organization is the, um, the fact that it is a, a, uh, a choice of the membership on who gets to come in. And, and then it's also, if, if it's not working out, then, then uh, we can certainly make adjustments as we need to to make sure that we keep going. And I happen to be the preceptor this year, um, third in line in, in Texas, but I'm the, I'm the preceptor this year. So, <laughs> so yes, that you may have worked your tail off if you were, if you were a secretary with me around, that's for sure. Or an editor. But I, but I wanted to ask you something real quick um, because you had mentioned this earlier that you are a member of the Grotto and mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that the, the, the Shriners in Arkansas are, are, a, are they a service group or a civil group or what did, what did you say before? It's a, a shrine in Arkansas is a civic group because civic. it is made up of Masons and non-Masons. Oh, wow. So is there a ritual going into it or do they just forego that and just do a Hail Mary and you're it? Get in and get to work. It is my understanding that it is still the same same ritual as it as always has been. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, they, uh, typically typically you'd need to build up to something like that, right? You would think anyways. That's the norm. I wouldn't want to put you on the spot. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig into <laughs> that's the norm. That's that. <laughs> right. It, that's it, the norm. No, I mean I mean, that's the norm. It's just not not the norm here um, because they made it, uh, Imperial made it where in Arkansas you didn't have to be a Mason to be a Shriner. I think it was 2017 or 2016. It was about four or five years after the Shrine was de-recognized in Arkansas. And so there's still, um, I, don't, I, think it, I think the total number is there's 85 non-Masons who are Shriners in Arkansas. I think okay. that's the right number. I, I can oh. be off on that. And it, it, is that because the, they just didn't have the membership and they decided to expand it to non-members as well or non-Masons as well? Or what, what was the reason for... I don't... Okay. I, oh. you're, in, you're in that... Oh, man. Well, let's, I mean... Let's I mean, talk here, about here's that the in, deal. in September. Let's talk about it. No, <laughs> I mean, I, it's pretty open. I mean, it's, it's one of those open secret things. It's Right, a, right. I mean, Arkansas de-recognized the shrine. Um, in at the end of tail end of 2011, um, and uh, it was uh, it was upheld at the Grand Lodge session in February of 12, <clears throat> and so it stayed de-recognized, and um, the majority of Masons um, they felt it more important to re retain their Masonic membership than retain their Shrine membership. Now, there were some Masons who were members in other jurisdictions. So, like I said, someone's a Texas Mason, Arkansas Mason, then they would just drop out of the Grand Lodge of Arkansas and they maintain their, their Masonic membership. So, there was a lot of that. Well, after, after so much attrition, um, Imperial had a uh, uh, you know, some type of edict come down that said, in Arkansas, you do not have to be a Mason to be a Shriner. And I have seen it online. I mean, I know there's a, there's, there'll be people somewhere who say this to me, like, that's Arkansas disinformation. That is 100% fact. And 
and, and they can they can get my phone number and we can have a chat and I will, <laughs> I'll I'll give them the potentate's number but I mean it's the truth and and he will tell you I mean and I'm just I mean see that that's that's my my Masonic Rotary pin those are the, my two organizations that I'm very active in um and and I mean Rotarians aren't all Masons uh, so it's not like I have this uh this anti-whatever in me. It's just, it is what it is. The way this went down, I, it was very unfortunate. I was at the Grand Lodge. It was awful. I mean, I, I'll say that. It was awful the way everything went down, but it was what it was. Um, but the, the attrition was so bad that they said, okay, you don't have to be a Mason. And, and one of the, the current, um, one of the, uh, the current potentates, we have two shrines in Arkansas. We have Scimitar and we have Sahara. Sahara is mostly mostly um masons now uh, i think every single officer is at least an entered apprentice um not all of them are master masons but i think every one of them is at least an entered apprentice um the other one that's a sahara scimitar which is in uh, north little rock um it is it's got the majority of non-masons and that's just and it's kind of inverted um so, and then the, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with the potentate down there. And, and actually what's funny is the potentate now at Sahara, he got into masonry because he was a Shriner first. <laughs> and, and now he's just like whole hog sold on free masonry. He's like, I love being a Mason. I love being a Mason. I love coming to Scotch, right? This is great. Like he loves it. He's like, I wish I'd done this 30 years ago. I mean, just loves it. And um, he'll tell you, I mean, he said, he said, if I, he said, I, he goes, those Don Masons, he said, they really try my patience. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what he told me last week when we were talking. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, what happened was in 2018, our, our grandmaster, 2018-19, um, he put in a recommendation that we take the, the shrine off the clandestine list and we turn it into a, um, uh, uh, working toward Masonic membership, appendant body status. And so Masons could be a member of it. Um, and the shrine, Imperial Shrine would work toward getting 100% Masonic membership in Arkansas. And when that happened, they could become an appendant body. And nice. so they expected to do that in three years. The three years was, uh, was officially over, um, last month. Um, and it hadn't happened yet. So, the, the fail safe mechanism was it just went to just like Rotary or Kiwanis or whatever. It just became a regular old civic organization until they decided they wanted to petition for uh, a pendant status and then show their roster was 100% Masons. So it was all very amicable um, right. ever since uh, 2018, 19. Uh, but it just, it just hasn't happened yet. And, and being, not, being I'm not a member, I, I can neither confirm nor deny certain things, but I, I was told that the guys who are non-Masons, if they get suspended, they cannot repetition for reinstatement. They cannot petition for reinstatement. Don't know if that's true, but that's what I've been told. That's interesting. But that, it's that its, a, it's be a, its own beast. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that would that would definitely make it easier to uh, to convert over, you know, I, I was just thinking that exact thing is how would you get 
the non-masons to stop being shriners but i had that's thought that 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 was the same rule in texas is it is that not the case like do you, i don't know i'm not a shriner yeah i, I think it was the same i think it's the same thing in texas like you don't have to be a mason to be a shriner in texas i just don't think there's... no you have to be you have to be a mason you just don't have to before before it was you had to join the, the Scottish Rite or the York Rite to become a Shriner, and now you no longer have to. But you still have right. to be a Mason. Okay. Isn't, isn't that right, Jason? He's a Shriner here in Texas. <clears throat> that is correct. He is. Okay. Uh, Dennis is correct on this one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, my man, Jason Reichenberg. You can always call Jason to, to be very specific. Right. <laughs> you tell he's a secretary, right? Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, All right. Do you have anything else you want to add, Dennis? Um, well, speaking of the shrine, uh, Shriners, uh, I would like to add that our, our host for our event in September is at the Alamein Shrine in uh, in Corpus Christi. We have the we'll we will be at the hotel, and we'll run over to the shrine and uh, and have our event, and then we'll have our festive board there, and then we'll go to the to the um, Lexington after that for the degree. Where will the festive board be at again? Will that be at the, the shrine too? And they're yes. going to cater yes. to us there. Yes, I've got the caterer is coming in there. He's actually a brother, and he will be catering. And for those of you who have not heard yet, it will be um, beef tenderloin and shrimp scampi. We're going to have surf and turf for our meal, for our festive board meal. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will be doing light toasts, not heavy toasts, throughout the meal, just like very light. Since we yes, have because a, we a do have a degree. Yeah, two to yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to fall asleep while the while our our brothers from, which is another Shriner group, um, the Knights of Mecca are coming down, and they come down and do it in full costume. Yeah, and so you get to see the degree how it's supposed to be, yeah. and at least in Texas, so it's going to be real real interesting for for I, all I, of our visitors. I think it's really state. important to to really stress how light the toast are going to be since we will be going to a bachelor's degree after that just just for clarification's sake no after the degree that that's that's we will okay. yes. finance it's okay it's all okay for me <laughs> right <laughs> okay. yeah and and we will have great fellowship afterwards so that's that's an exciting that's an exciting thing is that we we are literally a block from the well, two blocks from the the USS Lexington, so we can just walk from the ship from the ship to the hotel, and uh, and get back to our quarters and and start having fun on the beach and and uh, visiting and doing the philosophizing. Is that a word? Philosophizing Sounds that good. we all love to do. It's a Dennis word. That well, you know what? Fake it till you make it, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, it works. It works if you work. Yeah, we already talked about that before you got here. Yeah. Oh, no. it. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but okay. um, go ahead. I was just going to uh say uh, uh first of all, thank you very much, Rat Worshall Minton, for for coming to the show this evening. 
and uh, especially as late as it is. And uh, extremely excited about seeing you uh, in September at Corpus. I know it's going to be a fantastic presentation, and I, I'm beyond excited about about hearing your your presentation and and just uh, fellowshipping with you once again. Um, that said, uh, do you have any final thoughts or anything that you'd like to add? Well, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I'm just excited. You know, and this is one of those things you, you feel like you're a man on an island until you find either A, you find on the Internet someone who's like-minded or some people who are like-minded, or you, you might go out of your jurisdiction, in this case, talking with you, brethren, and find out, oh, hey, there are, there are other people who are fighting the same fight, who are, are you know, pushing, uh, looking for excellence, trying to get hit that next uh, milestone. Um, yes. And, um, and, and, I, and I'll also say this, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I have been very hard at work. And, and I, this is, this is, this is, this is not a Lucas thing. This is a, uh, this is a thing I think, and you guys might could even do your own segment on this after you guys think about it and either side I'm crazy or maybe it has some merit at some point, <laughs> but, um, I, I did a lot of work and I'm trying to get an article out um, to the Scottish Rock Journal. And then I'm going to try and as soon as they, uh, they either turn me down or whatever, I'm going to try and turn it loose for anybody who wants it. But um, there's something that we do in masonry uh, that, uh, that, that seems lost. And this is back on what I just said. It's good. And there are other people like you guys who are fighting the same fights who are, you know, trying to push for that lodge excellence for that Masonic excellence. But another thing is that Masonic experience and that excellence, and that Masonic experience. Yes. And um, during COVID, are, are you all familiar with the, and now it's turned into a completely different app than it used to be. Are you all familiar with Marco Polo? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we had a group of guys on Marco Polo um, during COVID before, before anybody decided to come out of their house. Um, except me because the market was falling and I was going to the office every day and I was still wearing a bow tie and telling my clients the world would not end tomorrow and all that good stuff. But um, we had a good group on this Marco Polo and we were philosophizing and theorizing and, and someone brought up um, a, a phrase and as soon as they said it, I knew exactly what they were talking about, but I never really looked it up and studied it. And they said, uh, someone said it's, it's so-and-so and such and such is like the, the hero's journey. And I was like, hero's journey, I've heard that. I know exactly what that is. So I went and I looked it up. And the more I looked, the more interested I became in it until I thought, my gosh, this is some really great material that we need to get out to lodges and we need to get out to valleys. And we need to get out to chapters and councils and we need to get out to commanderies. And if you go look at Campbell's uh, hero's journey and just really look at it it is the blueprint for the perfect masonic experience interesting nice. campbell's and hero's journey mm -hmm. it is the blueprint for for the perfect masonic experience and, and it's and it's applicable no matter if you're in blue lodge if you're at scottish ride if you're in york ride wherever you're at it, and, and it is um i'm sure jung 
would and, and Campbell would both agree. It's something that's you know in the back of our mind and our subconscious that is that's hung in there, it's stuck in there that resonates inside of all of us. But that hero's journey is is this journey that we all go on to 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 enrich ourselves, to enlighten ourselves, and um, and I think back on knowing guys fight the same fight. If, if we had, if we had guys like you who were out there proselytizing, if, if you will, you know, for this, this optimum experience for this optimum lodge. And I'm not saying, you know, we want to bulldoze all our lodges and start from scratch, but right within the confines of what we have, making it as good as we can um, in, in using the tools that we have, and then looking at things in a new light, I think we could really move mountains. And um, and like I said, this is back on. It's just good for me when I've traveled and met you guys and, and uh, you know, went down to um, Louisiana. And, and, and I, I went to I went to uh, EA when I was out at uh, Grand, um, South Carolina at Grand Strand Lodge a couple of years, uh, 2021. But it's good when you meet people and you get out there and you see that these people are pushing for the same thing. And it's and for me, I mean, it's a, it's a renewal. It's a, it's a refreshing experience. Anyway, I'm just going to ramble. I'm sorry. No, it's no great stuff. That's, yeah, that's uh, exactly that's exactly how we feel. Yeah, def- that's ahead. definitely that definitely warrants its own its own deep dive sometime. But there's a reason that every every movie, well, every movie worth anything, follows the hero's journey. And really, the success of a movie is just how well does it convey that journey, right? How mm-hmm. how emotional does it make it, or or how flashy is it, or whatever. But we're telling a story in our degrees, and it's it's a linear story. And if we if we're not telling it well, then it doesn't have impact. And so, I right. really like how you tie the hero's journey into that because that's that's really worth something exploring more. Absolutely, I I was thinking the the same thing. I was thinking, you know, yesterday, was it yesterday? Here in the last couple of days, um, I saw Draft Day again. And it's one of those movies that I have to watch every time I see it on TV. I, I have to watch it. And that movie makes me tear up. And I was thinking while you were talking that if we work with intention and and are properly motivated to do the work properly. Um, our degrees should make us feel the same thing. Shouldn't we get a little choked up each time we see that degree? I, I get that way with Scottish right. I, I really do. But sometimes I get I choked also, up for the wrong reasons. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But I, I also feel that fellow craft degree. I, the, the entered apprentice is great and the masters is great, but the fellow craft, it just, it touches my soul. That's the mm-hmm. food for my soul because I think Fellowcraft. that that's, that's where we're called to be the active hero in our own story and pursue the things that make us the better man that exactly. we should be. I love that. So I, I think that that's an excellent point that you give on, on the hero's story. Cause I, I, um, uh, I strongly believe that as well. Nice. Dennis, do you have anything before, else? You want to add? Oh, sorry. No, before we cut out, I did want to give our brothers that our members 
one quick chance to to ask a, a question or two if there's anything that was that they would would like to ask right worshipful yeah. mention before I don't I don't need final thoughts y'all y'all go ahead it's fine it's all good Dennis it's all good Dennis you don't need final thoughts you just said it <laughs> okay bye I will say before we before we give the guests the opportunity though <laughs> that, uh, just remind everybody if you're listening uh, like we said, Rat Warshall Minton will be one of the speakers at the uh, Building a Better Brotherhood Summit, uh, hosted by Masonic Improvement in Corpus Christi, Texas, on September 16th. Don't wait to get your tickets. I've seen lots of brothers saying that they're going to get tickets, but their name has not come across my my desk yet. Right, so don't wait because they are selling fast, and if you wait, you will find yourself uh probably without a ticket and i don't think we'll be selling them at the door so no you need to you need to asap get those tickets um just so you can secure your seats in your position at the summit because it is going to be amazing because now, we care about the experience yes that we will not sell too many tickets we want everybody to to feel completely engrossed in in what we're doing yes so you better this, watch it. I'll just keep bringing people from Arkansas if y'all don't watch it. Bring, bring the whole state. <laughs> bring them on. Bring them on. That'll be fine. I'll uh, make room for them. Uh, that said, uh, this time, now Dennis would like to uh, open the floor if uh, the guests have any questions or, or any comments or just anything they'd like to share. You know, I'm... I have one question. Yeah, there uh, we go. Uh, Brother Milton, uh, as a as a uh, new Master Mason, I'd like to ask you, why did you choose Masonry? What is your two-minute elevator speech for a new Mason or a new petitioner? For a new Master Mason, why are you, you're asking, why would I tell someone that they, you know, if they said, why should I be a Mason? Is that what the question is? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, the, the the easy the easy answer is always to make good men better, and and I know you're tired of hearing that, so I'm not going to say that, even though that's still the real answer. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just being honest. Uh, the the truth of the matter is, I joined because all of the best men I knew growing up were Masons. I knew my grandfathers were both Masons. I knew that my dad was, I knew that my, as prickly as he is, my secretary, I knew he was a Mason. I knew a lot. And I mean, I'm not from a really large area. It's a lot larger now than when I was a kid, but all these great men I knew growing up were all Masons. And I said to myself, if that's the kind of company that I keep being there, then that's good. That's gotta be a good thing for someone who doesn't know any Masons. I would say that it is the reason is, they should be, if they're saying, I want to do this, but why, why do you think I should do this? It gives you the, you don't get it because you're a member, but it gives you the opportunity for unparalleled self-improvement. The opportunity. Love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Great answer. Thank you. I try. And, That's all. <laughs> and brother Oscar, I will call you and I apologize. I it totally slipped my mind this weekend. I was having so much fun in the snow. Mm. No, you're good. I, I I understand. Glad you can make it, Oscar. Glad you can make it to this one. 
Thank you. Um, with that being said, friends and brothers, we're so excited about what's happening. We're so excited about, you know, even though we don't agree with everything that, that happens within our fraternity all the time, we still have each other. We still have brothers like uh, Right Worshipful Minton that, that, uh, that we love and, and we can aspire to, to, to be like and, and definitely listen to when he has something to say because it's usually something pretty good. And, and then we've got you know, new Master Masons that are you know, only interested in the best. And we've got you know, Justin, and he's okay. And then we got Jason Reichenberg, whose internet crashes whenever he wants to say something, so he has that excuse. We'll leave that at that. I will, but, um, I will, I will add, because you mentioned how things are sometimes. Like, we don't agree with everything, right? I will add, and this is something I heard um, Brother brother Chuck Dunning say at MasonicCon last year. And and uh, it really resonated with me. But he said that we he believes that we're on the threshold of a Masonic Renaissance, and regardless of how the how the general atmosphere may feel sometimes uh, across the jurisdictions or, or or what have you, things are things are definitely moving in a positive direction for the fraternity. Um, yes, I have I have something to say. I forgot to tell you. Sure, I'm sorry. No, no, please. You speak only. What do you, what do you got? I'm sorry. I, I should have said this earlier <laughs> when y'all were asking all my Scottish Rite questions. We're, we're, I, you know, just, uh, it's one data point, and I know it's one data point, but it's a data point that we would have thought was unobtainium five, six, seven, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I can only speak for one valley, and it's not a big number. But last year, the valley of Little Rock showed a 0.91% growth over death nice that, uh, is, that awesome. is more reinstatements more initiations than we had people who demitted or died i mean that is a huge number because our valley is uh 1600 some change roundabout. Mm -hmm. so we have a potential for a lot of death every year yeah. and every yeah. year we've been shipping away and and that and when when you said that he he felt like we were on the cusp of a renaissance, I, I truly believe it. I think yeah. if we have some some brothers who can really really sell that vis, vision and inspire, I, I do. I, I think that's true. I'm sorry. I'm. I think we had a similar I'm, I'm in Texas last year, didn't we, Dennis? More. Yeah, we had, we had just um, we had finally flatlined to where to where we didn't. Uh, we pretty much broke even. It was about the same numbers. I can't remember exactly what it was, but but last year we had flatlined. We'll see what happens this year. But yeah. um, because you know it's it's always just like stocks. You know, it's always gonna have its yeah. little fluctuations. But, but, but it's not a it's trend reversal. Just knowing, yeah. yeah, it's showing maybe just slowing down, a slowing down of the of the the hole yes. in our bucket. And so yes, yeah, and think... and speaking, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. You no, finished you, that thought. You. No, I, I don't even remember what that was. So that's why I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> well, said. I was I was gonna say, speaking of uh the Scottish Rite one more time, uh don't forget, folks, we do have our, our spring reunion coming in May. It's gonna be May 13th and May 20th. It's gonna be two Saturdays. 
we will be performing 22 of the 29 degrees. And we will have, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have, okay, so we're going to have a podcast there. We're going to have interviews with our White Hat, White Hat members that are going to be um, doing interviews to preserve the rich history of our valley. We're going, and, and of course, we're going to have all the reunion uh, degrees and um, after that, at our first feast afterwards, that's where we have our capping ceremony, which is very, it's a very personal um, experience. And, and so you get to have your family there. We all get together at a nice dinner for a feast. And then uh, we have the capping ceremony uh, with your family and with your friends that you want to bring in. And so I wanted to mention that because it is coming up. In fact, I've got a meeting tomorrow afternoon with the, with the rest of the degree masters on uh, final thoughts before we go into this reunion, which is an exciting thing. And, and as part of the education committee, we've been working towards this for years. They were working on it for years before Jason and I ever became members of the education committee, but now um, we're we're pushing forward with it. It was a vision that Bradley Kohanke had, and uh, as well as some other members, and and really built it up to to get it to this point. So, awesome. if there was ever a time to to become a Scottish Rite Mason in Texas, in South Texas, now's the time. And we have the largest valley in uh, in Texas, so. In fact, we do have a little brother uh, lodge as well. It's it's um, we have a consistory down in in the valley as well that they're just not big enough to have their own valley yet. So they're still part of our valley, um, and so just a just an exciting time of the year. And and I hope you can make it. It's um, if you call me, I can tell you how much it is to uh, to become a member. I don't want to throw that out there on 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 uh, online with our worldwide members, but um, I would like to encourage anyone that has any interest to go ahead and and jump on in. This is the time where where you go from the shallow end to the deep end. It really is the the University of Freemasonry, and and you can really dig as deep as you want to. Awesome. in Freemasonry when you jump into the Scottish Rite. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, thank you again, uh, <laughs> Rob Warshall Minton. Uh, definitely appreciate you coming on. And again, I look forward to uh, seeing you again in September. Uh, thank you, uh, Oscar, and all the other guests that showed up. And uh, I will see, we will see everyone in the next episode. Thank you. Keep it between the points. the points. Keep it between the points, brothers. Don't steal my thunder. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Rob Warshall.